Welcome to Oak City Church, a family of learners, lovers, and givers sent. For more information, visit us online at oakcitychurch.com. Let us know if we can help you in any way. Thank you for listening. Uh, Jeremy Poro is just going to be able to speak in. He is the executive director of the Rally Dream Center. He is married, has two daughters. They moved here in 2007 to work at Crossroads Christian Fellowship, which is up there on Millbrook. And in 2014, I believe, started the Raleigh Dream Center, uh, which basically serves to give hope to the homeless. It's a great way to be able to serve and care for people. It's a real easy way to connect and to care for uh, and be introduced uh, to people to where you're really spending relational time uh, and caring for people, praying for people, giving them uh, food, giving them uh, ways to take care of them, holistically caring for the whole person, and it's been a great partnership with us. So I'm going to let you watch a video uh, of the the Raleigh Dream Center, and then we're going to ask Jeremy to speak a little bit on our kingdom calling uh, this week. Dream Center started back in 2014, and at the time I was a worship pastor at a local church. Somebody from the congregation reached out to me, and she said she was going to be homeless, and she didn't know what to do. I feel like I had this faith that said, I'll help you, I'll be there. And really, inside, I was convicted because I was clueless on how to help her. I didn't know how to help somebody in their darkest moment. And it was from that time and that situation that really started me on the path to the Dream Center. I remember being broken in prayer and saying, God, open my eyes to see the need. And when you pray that prayer, he, he really does open your eyes. We started what we called our Adopter Block program. We started going out to a local community and simply taking groceries, playing games with kids. Our heart was to share the gospel through those tools. Since then, it's been amazing to see how we started in more communities. And even through the pandemic, we grew from serving seven communities and ultimately impacting 57 communities over a short time. But watching the impact, it was the local churches that were stepping it was people like you that were coming out you're serving you're volunteering and just pouring into the community for the sake of god's kingdom one of the things from day one the vision that god placed on my wife and i's heart was to start a recovery ministry in 2021 we were able to open our first recovery house for men we started off with five guys watching them walk in sobriety watching them find freedom in christ and, and freedom from their addiction it has been just an amazing part of our journey One of the outreaches that we also have started is our Tuesday night street outreach. We call it family night. We go down to Moore Square, downtown Raleigh. We bus people and invite them to the Dream Center. We provide a free meal, and then we have worship and a Bible study. We walk line by line through the Word of God. Through that ministry, we've seen people coming from various backgrounds. We're seeing salvations. We're seeing baptisms happening, and it's just a beautiful journey to see people right in their darkest needs, to really assist them, to really point them to Christ and have practical tools to help them. That's really what the Dream Center is all about is just finding a need and fill it, finding a hurt and healing it, to show our faith, to show who Christ is through every tool, whether it's through a bag of groceries, through a bottle of water out on the street, or through a recovery program. But that's been the journey we're on and looking forward. We want to encourage you to be involved. If you're not familiar with us, go look at our website, RaleighDreamCenter.org. You can see all the places where you can volunteer. You can help package the groceries in our warehouse. You can come serve out in the communities. You can play with kids and hang out. Or if you're in the recovery world and you you know somebody, maybe you have a family member who's going through it and you want somebody to walk alongside them, keep the Dream Center in mind. Send them along to us. We'd love to, to walk that walk with people. Uh, because we love people and we believe that's where Christ called us to go. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, uh, we see the great response where Jesus was said, I, I, I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. And just all of these practical ways 
that the believers are supposed to walk and operate and how it's truly serving Christ in those ways. Thank you for those that volunteer. Thank you for those that give to this ministry. And together we can continue having a long-lasting legacy here in the Raleigh area. Well, good morning. Hope everybody's doing well. I'm so honored to be here at Oak City Church today. Uh, I, I love your pastor. I got to know him many years ago now, um, serving out in the communities. And as you saw in that video, uh, you know, just a, a transition that happened in my life. I'll talk about it a little bit more as we continue. But God transformed me. And I, even as a worship pastor, I was a little bit clueless as to people when they're going through something difficult and those trials. And I watched the Lord shape me. And I've watched the Lord do incredible things. Um, but I, early on, what the first thing we did was we started serving. It was uh, I took a bag of groceries to somebody I knew who was living in his car, but he parked at Washington Terrace. And that was the first outreach we ever did. And then it turned into adopt a block. And um, and then that you know it wasn't it was shortly thereafter that really I met uh, Pastor Jeff and got to start uh, building that relationship. And you all have served uh, in at Millbank and and uh, at at Washington Terrace. It's been great. Even a few months ago, uh, I don't get out and serve at all the communities. It's hard to get there uh, to all of them, right? Because we have so many that we serve now. But uh, there, there was a, an absence at Washington Terrace. And I said, man, I haven't been there in a little while. I want to go serve. And so I showed up to lead the adopt block This was, I think, back in March or February of this year. And the, the group that was supposed to show up canceled and didn't show. And I was like, well, I guess I'm doing it by myself. And who came? Jeff Ramsey shows up, and he served with me, and it was awesome that he came out. We got to spend the day talking and serving, and so we've been out there on the streets many times serving together. So I love this church. Thank you for your financial support. You all are amazing. You're out there serving and giving and making a difference in this city. Uh, this morning, I have, we have the opportunity, our, our uh, DCD, the Dream Center Discipleship uh, guys that we have in our, our program, we'd love to invite them and come on up here this morning, and, and Dave is going to share his story uh, as well. Um, so as they come up, can we thank them for just the work that God's doing? Um, we, we opened the recovery house on August 5th, right, of last year. And, um, and these were some of the first four guys that walked through the door pretty much, and, and they're still here. And that says a lot to their character, and that says a lot to what God is doing in their hearts and in their lives. And uh, so, Dave, why don't you share a little bit of your story? You can take it off if you want to, or whatever. Good morning. Morning. So my name's Dave. I'm 54 years old. I'm from New Haven, Connecticut. <clears throat> um, how I got to North Carolina is beyond me. Um, I was literally, uh, I had an apartment after being homeless for two and a half years. Um, let me start with the important part. I was a drug addict, uh, an alcoholic, a convicted felon, and did not live the best life. My heart was deceitful, evil, and I was not a good person. Uh, something told me to get on that bus and come to Raleigh, North Carolina, so I did. I packed a bag, left the apartment that I had just gotten, and uh, came here, and uh, the most amazing thing happened. Um, I, I said I was coming here so that I would stop using drugs, and I didn't, so I laid in a hotel bed one night, and I cried out to God, look, God, if you can't stop this insanity, if you can't fix this, mm -hmm. I don't want to live anymore. So the plan was, I woke up the next morning, I said, all right, God, he didn't do nothing different. I'm going to take care of it, and uh, I just won't be missed by anybody. There's no sense in keep carrying out this misery. So I'm at Moore Square, and uh, Andrew, who works for the Dream Center, walked up to me from all the way across the other side of Moore Square, and he said to me, hey, man, 
where are you going? And uh, can I talk to you for a minute? And I was just getting ready to get up and leave and, and uh, go take my life. So he said, hey, we got a year program. It's faith-based. Are you interested? And at that moment, my heart sank. I said, well, God showed up at the same exact moment that he needed to. He's never late. He's always on time. <laughs> and uh, I got into this program, and uh, I was on methadone 120 milligrams a day my whole life, basically. And um, I was able to be delivered from that at a church called Cross Assembly from the sickness and the addiction and the cravings from alcohol and drugs. And I know this for a fact because my desire is not even close to what it used to be. Mm -hmm. My desire now is living my best day for Jesus Christ because he's the answer. I accepted Jesus Christ August 7th, was baptized August 14th. And since then, the journey has been tremendous. Um, I can just say that Jesus does transform lives. And so all the consequence and the damage that I did in my life, he's restored. Literally, when I tell you he's restored, family relationships, he's given me a job. When I gave everything up to him and I surrendered every single aspect of my life, and I'm not talking about just this part or this part. I'm talking about God, take it all, because I know you're real. When he delivered me from methadone addiction and I didn't have to be sick, I knew right then and there that Jesus Christ was the real deal. Like there's nothing realer. So I've been trying, um, you know, to let the spirit guide me and lead me. And I mess it up sometimes. Sure, I'm not perfect. and I'm never going to be perfect until we take it home. So I'm okay with that today. But I'm not the same person I used to be because 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that I'm not. He says I'm a new creation. The old things are gone and new things have come. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's about where I'm at now. But uh, I will tell you this much. I never thought that I would... If you asked me almost a year ago if I'd be working for a faith-based center or I would have the opportunity to live and do life with these guys, I'd have told you you're crazy. <laughs> I'd have told you you're crazy. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Can you stay here for just a second? George, stay here for just a second. So this is uh, Sean, Thomas, and William. And I wish we had time to go through all of their stories because they're all equally as amazing because our God is amazing, right? And the work he's doing in us is truly, uh, uh, I can't stop, I can't say enough about it. Um, but at the end, we are at, we'll have a table out here. And if you want to, you know, ask any questions or something like that or, or hear more about our program, uh, you know, maybe you know somebody that's in the fight. We want to be there and walk that with them. Uh, and so anyway, uh, one more time, if we could thank these guys and um, yeah, <laughs> but Dave, would you mind praying for us and before, and we'll go into the sermon this morning? Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this fellowship that we've been able to uh, enjoy today, Lord. Thank you for bringing us to this place and, and setting this invitation before us, Father. Uh, we just pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit right now, Lord, that it would, keep, it would lead us and guide us and direct us in all our ways, Lord. We just ask you to be our hands and feet, and we ask a a prayer right now to lift Pastor Jeremy up, Lord, that he would be anointed by your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that your, what he preaches to us is from your word and by your word and through your word only. So we would ask the Holy Spirit to guide him and direct him in the words that come out of his mouth, Lord. Lord, we know that your word says it never returns void. So we know that whatever he has to say, as long as the Holy Spirit is bringing it, Lord, which we're asking you for right now, Father, in Jesus' name, that we know this will happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. 
So uh, I love the job that I do now. Uh, we get to rub shoulders with these guys in the hallways every day and watch the growth that happens. Uh, the Dream Center ministry, since I've last been here, I had the joy of speaking here a couple of years ago when we were talking about Adopt-A-Block, and our Adopt-A-Block program grew from seven communities. We're now in 11 communities on Saturdays, and we're looking at starting three more, one in Nightdale, one in Morrisville, and one in kind of in the North Raleigh area. God is still expanding. God is still getting the church out the walls of the church to do his ministry, and certainly this is a, an example that uh, you all are very familiar with because you're out there doing that. Uh, and then in, during the pandemic, it was quite amazing because uh, not only were we serving and growing in our adopted block, but we um, started expanding communities with what we call our mobile food pantry. And it was really amazing to see the local church because in that year, in 2020, it went from seven communities to 58 communities that the Dream Center was serving uh, really six days a week. Uh, and watching the Lord do this is the greatest miracle uh, because, like I said, it started with a trunk full of groceries. And your simple yes, God can turn it into something amazing. And for me, it's, it's, it's gone from a trunk full of groceries to 110,000 pounds of food a month that goes out from the Dream Center, and it's just amazing. Uh, God, yeah, they, we can praise the Lord for that because it's, it's the Lord doing amazing work. There's so much more. We, you learned about our family night, street outreach. I said that in the video. We go down to Moore Square on Tuesdays around 3.30, and we just invite people in. We bust them back to the Dream Center, and then we have dinner and Bible study. Uh, and, and so and through that, we started it about a year ago, and we've seen 52 salvations and 26 baptisms that have taken place on Tuesdays. Tuesday night. So you can't tell me that God isn't at work. You can't tell me that God isn't sending his church uh, because it's on the backs of the local church that this is all happening. And so it's kind of in that context now that I would kind of turn to our, our topic for this morning. I know you all have been studying in the book of Acts and going through that. And, and that to me is like one of the most exciting books, right? Because there's so much life that happens. The spirit comes. And as you know, the, the church begins and, and, you know, I, maybe this is a spoiler, but, uh, you know, at the end of the book in Acts chapter 28, if you read the last paragraph, it's not the greatest conclusion. If you read that paragraph, it's almost like, um, like a cliffhanger, like there's more that's supposed to come. And so that's where I kind of think like the, the church continues past the book of Acts. The church continues into this day. Uh, so even though it ends in chapter 28, I feel like we're living in the Acts 29 chapter and still seeing the work of the Lord doing uh, great things. And we know uh, that Jesus, when he left this planet as, as walking in, in human form, as he ascended into heaven, right before that happened, he gave us the great commission and he said to go. And so make disciples of all nations. So the what is clear. The go is what we're all supposed to do. I think it's the how and when is where we struggle, and that's kind of what I want to unpack for you this morning. And so if you want, if you're a note taker, great. I've got four points and some sermons that are going to, or some scriptures that are going to support that. Uh, but really, it's just this concept of how do we deal with the when and how, and, and can we just break it down into some simple steps, hoping that in our day-to-day -day lives, we would see the Lord working and knowing that we're supposed to live on mission. That's kind of what I would love for you to hear you see. So number one is, do you hear the call? Number one, do you hear the call? And there's this great, uh, you know, a very familiar passage that I'm sure you've heard in Isaiah uh, chapter 6, verse 8, where it says, and Isaiah says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, you know, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah has this great response, you know, here I am, you know, send me. And, and I love that response. I had my own moment of that. 
Uh, as you heard in the video, I was a worship pastor, but somebody reached out to me and she said, I know you from the stage, you don't know me, but I'm going to be homeless and I don't know what to do. And she was scared. And it really rocked my world that because I thought like, you know, under, under the roof of the church, like we're all good, you know, we're all, we're all fine, you're all smiling, you know, and we all have this persona about us. But we, I didn't realize how much hurt and pain people were going through and I was oblivious to it. But it was that circumstance that the Lord just, I said, Lord, open my eyes. And the, the day that I did help her and I pulled up in front of this, uh, after I dropped her off, but I was just praying about it. I was, my world was rocked. I parked in front of this old hotel and, uh, and, and I had this prayer of like, Lord, send me. Here I am. Send me. I'll pastor the prostitute. I'll pastor the gangbanger. I'll pastor somebody who's in addiction. I'll pastor somebody who's in. And this list of people that came out of my mouth just shocked me. But I was broken and I wept. And I realized that God had opened my eyes to see the need, and it was that same response. Lord, I, I don't know what I have to offer because I am nothing special, but my yes is on the table. Lord, here am I. Send me. And, and it, you may, it may sound cliche that God, you know, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. You know, it's like I grew up hearing that in church. Uh, but when I realized that if we don't believe that, then there's some fundamental issues that happen in our, in our Christian walk. Because Jeremiah says clearly that, uh, you know, God does have a plan for your life. He is calling you into something and have, you have a purpose. You have a response. That's what the whole Dream Center is. The whole concept of Dream Center is uh, that God places a dream in somebody's heart, that purpose. But when you're in addiction, when you're in brokenness, when you're being trafficked, when you're doing all these, this, the brokenness and hurt of the world, you have no concept or no desire anymore. You've lost that dream. You've lost that purpose. And so to come to the Dream Center is that pause on your life that we have a program or we have these various aspects to our ministry that say we want to call you and remind you of the purpose that God has pulled inside of you. And we see the potential in people. And so it's that leading somebody to that yes. And so I don't know if this has played out in your life either. Have, have you said yes? Have you felt that call? And have you said, Lord, here am I, send me. Uh, and, and I say, you know, because your simple yes can turn into something uh, amazing. And so I don't know what it would look like for you. It may not look the same as me. And, and you might, I think we have these kind of this fear. It's like he's not calling you into something that's going to fail. He's calling you into his purpose, into his kingdom, and we minimize it or we, we fall short or we kind of shy away from it for many different reasons. Uh, but we have this fear. You know, we, we, like we hear a guy like Dave sharing his story. We're like, man, that's a great testimony. But God really won't lead me to do that. I, I'm not going to see those kinds of stories or, or I, he's not going to use me that way or whatever. And, and you know, in, maybe that part is true. Maybe you're not called to street ministry full time or whatever, but we are all called to go and we're all supposed to say yes. And we're all supposed to be bringing the gospel message into our day to day, into our conversations. Uh, and so it kind of leads me to the second point. Uh, to ask this question, are you prepared to go? Are you prepared to go? Uh, we say that we believe this book. We say that we believe this. And, and Ephesians 6.15 says, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So that Ephesians passage is the armor of God, right? And, th and it says, like, we're putting on these shoes, which are preparing us. It's this readiness. It's this peace, uh, the gospel of peace. And, and as I was thinking about it, uh, and I want to challenge you with this. This morning when you got dressed and you left your house, did you put shoes on? Right? And I think, where would I go? Where, when do I ever leave my house without putting shoes on? 
right? And so I know that when I go to work, I'm going to wear shoes. When I go to the restaurant with my friends, I'm going to be wearing shoes. When I go to the store, I'm wearing shoes. Yet when we go out to work, we don't often say, I'm going to bring the gospel with me. We kind of leave that behind us and we take our shoes off and we go to work, right? And so we're not as ready for it. And, and I was convicted by that saying, Lord, I'm still so shy of, of bringing up the gospel. Am I as ready as I think I am? And so having this clear understanding is such an important thing for us because another thing I realized is when people were showing up to serve at Dream Center, and I'm sure it was nobody in this room, 100%. Um, but when I started seeing people from the local church showing up and they would say, hey, I, I would love to like, you know, they started trying to share their faith, but they didn't have a clear plan. They didn't know how to share their faith. And because of that, I started hearing some opinions. I started hearing some, you know, kind of spiritual sounding religious stuff that maybe sounds good to the listener, but it really wasn't the gospel. It really wasn't leading somebody to Jesus in a way. And I bet you even, you know, in, in a typical church Sunday, you can say, everybody take out a piece of paper and define what the gospel is. And you'd probably get many, many different answers because we just don't know how to articulate it well at times. And I had to go through this process myself. And so I want to point you to a resource that we have at our table out there. If you don't have a plan, a clear plan, using scriptures, this is the point. Use scriptures. This is the, the having your feet ready with the gospel of peace and using scriptures to lead people to Christ. And so we have a resource if you don't already have a plan. Uh, this is a, a, an easy way to share the gospel. I'll give you the 30-second version. I love this because I could spend 30 seconds on it with somebody, or I could sit down with somebody, draw this on a napkin, and spend 45 minutes or an hour at Starbucks sharing it with somebody. Uh, but it's a simple concept saying Isaiah 59.2 says your sin separates you from God. And so in Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the, God, or fallen short of the glory of God. So we're sinners and we're separated from God. But Romans 5, 8, that while we were sinners, Christ died. So while we were sinners, he came and he died for the sin. And Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. And that's what we deserve. But Jesus paid that price for us. And then we lie to ourselves, uh, which is on the part of here too. Like, well, I'm a good person. I, you know, I, I'm going to be okay. God and I are good. I hear that on the streets all the time. Or, you know, I go to church. I'm a deacon. I, I'm there every Sunday. Well, those are good things, but that doesn't save you. And what we realize in John 14, 7, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You have to believe in Jesus, and that's the only way. And yes, in our culture, that's very narrow-minded, right? I get accused of that all the time. Well, Jer Jeremy, you're very narrow-minded because you believe in Jesus. That's good for you, but there's other m ways to get to God. And it's totally clear. Jesus drew that line in the sand himself. He said, I am the way, the only way. You can't say like, hey, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go around you to get to God. There is no way around the cross. There is no way around it. And belief in Jesus is what saves you. And so, again, if you don't have a resource like that or a clear way of using scriptures, go, please, go grab one of these. Read it. Memorize it. Have it at the, feet of your, have it at the tip of your tongue. Uh, because when you do, that's, that's the feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. And that's what we train our volunteers to do. That's what we train our teams to do. Because that's good in any context. Have the shoes on when you leave the house, right? And be able to walk somebody through salvation without adding your opinion. 
all your opinion does is water it down, and then they, they, they hear a wrong message, and it may not be the right one, and that's very dangerous. Um, so learn how to do that. Uh, and so once you get that solidified, so now you've heard the call, you say, God, here I am. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And now I'm going to say, now I've prepared myself to go. And so now it's kind of this third point of, you know, how do we discern where God is sending you? How do we know where God is sending you? I pulled this from Luke 14, six, verse 16 through 23, and I'll read the whole thing. It says, uh, this is Jesus giving a, a, an illustration. It said, but he said to them, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And the other said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And others said, I have married a wife, therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry. He said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you have commanded has been done and still there's room. The master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be full. And I absolutely love that that's the heart of God, that he wants people to be invited in. And, and when I examine that, how do we discern where God's calling you to go? Well, here's the point is that we I latch on to the, you know, the highways and byways. Let's go out and get them, which is what this does show. But don't miss the fact that this servant went to the landowners. He went to the real estate moguls. He went to the people that of, of incredible wealth and invited them in. He went to the business owners, the operators who had the oxen in this case. But they were saying it's like the, the business owners are invited. They're all included. And people at certain stations of their life, these guys just got married. Well, I, you know. You know, they're still reaching out to people at important stages of their life. And so what we see is the servant was willing to go and he went to every level and invited. And so to us, maybe that means inviting our friends, inviting business owners that we know and, and not to be intimidated because of somebody's wealth or because of somebody's status, even if they reject us. Right. And so and also, I don't want you to confuse. It doesn't simply mean inviting them to church. That's a good thing. You're inviting them to church. But inviting somebody to the banquet is a totally different story. This is you sharing the gospel with somebody and believing that there's a banquet that Jesus is offering, that God is, is coming for us, right? We're invited to this great banquet. I'm convinced of that, and I want to invite others to that banquet. So it's more than just inviting them to church, but really sharing the gospel. But then don't miss the fact there's still room Go to the streets and lanes, and you're doing that every time you go to Washington Terrace. Go out to the highways and byways. Don't forget the forgotten. Don't forget those who are marginalized, who feel unloved. Uh, you know, we, we have to be convinced that there's this banquet, and we're going to go out and do what we can to invite them. And that's discerning where God is sending you. You know, I think sometimes we, uh, we think about it like, I'm going to go on this missions trip, and, and I can't wait to go share the gospel on this missions trip. But there's a disconnect to where I just want to have my feet fitted with the gospel today and share it with somebody that's right in front of me. And, and that's the part we miss, right? So let's be careful with that. And it kind of leads me now in conclusion here to uh, the, the fourth one of what is advancing the kingdom really like? That, that's like a, it sounds to me like really churchy language. What does advance the kingdom mean? And, and the simple terminology of that is that I've come, I've come under God's kingship. 
God is now my king, and I'm learning to live the way the king has called me to live because I've subjected myself to him. I've submitted to his authority, right? Not based on my own works. That's not how I'm saved, right? Jesus, I'm saved by the work of God uh, through Christ. But the king is transforming me, and so therefore his kingdom is advancing in my life because this sinner who was guilty of all kinds of things, is now walking a transformed life because I'm reading the Word every day. I'm digging into this to prepare myself for the day, and this Word is changing me every day. I still woke up really way too early this morning because I don't want to miss time in the Word, and I want to be in this every day. Uh, But when we're being a disciple and we're walking in, learning how the King wants us to live, then all of a sudden it continues to shape, it continues to uh, convict me, and that's what being a disciple is all about. It's this day-to-day living, and so that's advancing the kingship of God in my life, and that's advancing the kingdom. But guess what? When I share that with my wife of 25 years, I can't believe I'm being married 25 years this September, but my wife and I, we pray together, we, we do devotions together, we walk and talk about the scriptures together, and, uh, and we're walking our teenage daughters through it, and there are plenty of times where my teenage daughters don't want to listen to their dad, right? Uh, but we're opening the word, we're talking about the word, we're praying together, we're praying over things, and so for me, it's advancing the kingdom of God in my daughter's. And I'm seeing them understand what what it means to follow Jesus. And so it's this advancing the kingdom and how much more so when we invite somebody. You've met four guys on this stage and it's it's the inviting into the banquet and and it's teaching and training. And that's what discipleship is. Disciples who make disciples go and make disciples of all nations. And so to me, that's a, a simple way that it looks. And I think changed people change people. You've probably heard that before, right? Changed people change people. And I saw, uh, Dave, I'll just pull out this story. I have many I could share because I've seen all of our guys sit down with people. Like I said, at Tuesday night, we have people that come off the streets. Uh, sometimes we have anywhere from 70 to 100 people coming for a meal, and it, it's, it's pretty, pretty crazy and pretty fun. Um, but we have all walks of life. And uh, it's not uncommon to have people intoxicated. It's not uncommon to have people who are involved in, in some scary stuff and some, some uh, gang-related stuff or, or drug use and some various things that, that we just come across in this ministry. And I saw, we saw a guy come in two weeks ago on Tuesday, and I knew who this guy was. I knew the, the control that he had, in, and he's a guy that you just don't mess with on the streets. I'll just say it that way. And he showed up, and I was like, okay, volunteers, I'm not going to, you know, I just want you to know, let's be in prayer uh, for this service today, <laughs> right? That's what was in my mind. And sure enough, this guy, he, d- he didn't want to be a part of it. He, as I was sharing the word of God, he, he walked out. What I didn't know until about 20 minutes later, one of our team walks in, um, Andrew, our staff guy, and he, uh, he interrupts me and he says, this guy just prayed to receive Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> like what? And so afterwards, I got to hear the story. Um, when he walked out, it was Dave that followed him. And God used Dave to share the story. God, God used Dave to say, well, I'm a mirror image. If you want to go down that path, uh, you, you're, your life is heading for destruction. But if you, I could show you how to walk a different path, and it's through Jesus Christ. And Dave led him to Christ in the parking lot. Uh, and so it's amazing to see a person who has been discipled now all of a sudden has the opportunity to share the gospel and share it with somebody else and now keeping an eye out for him so that we can also disciple him in his journey. And so, again, it's that simple going back to that point that says, Lord, are you willing to say, here am I, use me? 
because it's amazing. The opportunities are there every day. And that second point, staying in this word daily, opening it up, read the Bible. Don't let your Bible get dusty. If we say, this is the book that I yield my life to, and then we never read it, right, until we get a little sermon on Sunday. Those are the convicting things that we say, God, help me. Help me want to desire your word so that I'll have my feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. And then discerning uh, that this is the conversation. It's like this is the time to bring it up. It's the right now mindset of discerning. This is the time to share our faith. And then, as I said, with point number four, uh, as we're uh, hearing that, uh, lost it there, in Matthew 25, it's, it's kind of, for me, this is the transformation that happens because a sinner like me became transformed. Uh, sinners who all of a sudden, we, maybe I was egotistical, materialistic, and God began to remove those things and shape me through that. And in this passage in Matthew 25, we see this is really what the fruit of a believer looks like. This is the living out of the kingdom of God. And it's kind of scary to me because Jesus is giving this analogy where at, at the final judgment, he calls together the sheep and the goats. In other parts of Scripture, we see how there's a wolf in sheep's clothing, and we're supposed to defend the sheep as pastors and deacons, and we defend from the enemy. This isn't that uh, analogy. This is saying sheep and goats. It's, kinda, it's really a picture of a Sunday morning church that says who in here might be a sheep or might be a goat. And, and Jesus says, I'm going to separate you, and here's why, why I'm separating you and how to know the difference. The king will say on his right, the sheep, come. You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it unto the least of these brothers of mine, you did it to me. And so this is the transformed person who now is living out this lifestyle in the kingdom of God, advancing the kingdom, because this is how the kingdom operates. This, this is who God's calling us to go. And so we see this result, this transformation in my life. You know, I heard a pastor say that, you know, we all say we love the poor. We all say we love the homeless. But it's kind of convicting when you say, okay, well, then you, what are their names? Who, who, who is the poor that you're ministering to? Who is that, that person experiencing homelessness that you're reaching? Do you know their names? And that conviction of, wow, Lord, help me not to just have this supposed heart that, that cares, but help me to step out and do this, to feed somebody, to clothe, and to live out that lifestyle of a kingdom-minded believer. And so these are, this is, these are disciples who see a need. I love the Dream Center ministry. Find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. And, and that's, what, that's where the sinner who is transformed can, trans, can see transformation in somebody else because of the work of Jesus. And quite frankly, this is how Jesus found me. I was the one who was hungry, and I received the bread of life. I was the one who was in prison in my sin, and Jesus came to me and changed my life, right? And so you really see the picture of 
our Savior who has broken and saved us, or broken us from all those things and saved us from all of that. And it's just an amazing, amazing thing. And so I'm going to close this now in a little time of prayer. Uh, but I want to encourage you one more time. I want to point you back to this uh, gospel uh, message. If you don't know how to share your faith and you want one of these, please go back to the booth in the back uh, and grab one, take it home, memorize it or whatever. If you want to hear some more stories, talk to our guys. If you want to ask. Uh, but during this time, because I shared the gospel, anytime that I do, I'm never assuming that everybody in the room is saved. And if you've never heard the gospel articulated that clearly, I would love to pray for you. I'd love to point you to your pastors and leaders so that they can lead you uh, to the bread of life and you can find true salvation that's found only in Jesus. And so if you would, um, would allow me to pray. And again, if you want to know more about our ministry, go to that booth. Go to RaleighDreamCenter.org. You can see all the places you can serve in this city uh, and how to you know, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of good stuff. If you want to hear the stories and see more of what's going on and be a part of it, um, you can do so. But can we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity uh, to be here and to, to play a small part in your kingdom Lord, to, to have the opportunity to go, to have the opportunity uh, to share the good things that you've done in my life, and you've changed me. You saved this sinner, and you, you've called me into your kingdom, and Lord, I know that I have the, the, the calling to tell other people about it. We all have that calling. Help us, Lord, to respond. Help us, Lord, to say, yes, here I am, send me. Help us to be prepared, Lord, to open your word, to study it, to be uh, aware of what you teach in your word. But Lord, I do pray for somebody, if there's somebody in this room that has never really heard the, uh, the gospel articulated like, like that, and they didn't understand what it really was, uh, Lord, help them to respond and to speak to a pastor or a leader today, God, that their life would forever be changed uh, by responding to you. And Lord, for, the, for, for those of us who are believers, help us, Lord, to discern where you're calling us to go. Help us, God, not to be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation for those who would believe. Help us to share it at dinner. Help us to share it at our coworkers, at our schools, or wherever you might take our feet. And so, Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for all that you are doing in this place. And it's in his powerful name I pray. Amen.